0: ready with y'all are I guess all right ready yep all right three two whatever <laughs> What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Francis Carlotta, on episode 45 of the Up and Under podcast. Today is a special episode for a couple of reasons. First off, we're starting our preseason series talking about the 15 most interesting teams in the NBA, going into next year, starting with the team occupying most of the NBA headlines over the past week, the Cleveland Cavaliers, then moving on to the Denver Nuggets, Dallas Mavericks, Atlanta Hawks, and the L.A. Clippers. Now, though there's no Connor Burns today, the second reason this episode is special is because I'm joined by the eighth wonder of the world, Grant Heckinger, and I'm also joined by the president of Off the Ball Network, New York Knicks superfan, one of the best NBA content producers out there, and just one of my favorite people to talk about hoops with, Chris LeBron, how are you doing, Chris? Welcome to the
1: podcast. Man, I appreciate you guys for having me on. Hell of an intro. Uh, like I said, Knicks, can we talk about the Knicks? You know, I know they're always a hot, hot topic. You know, everything, whenever the New York Knicks are, are involved in anything. So, uh, uh, once again, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm excited about the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. I,
0: I sent you guys the write-up for the show, and – And you probably noticed that I didn't actually explicitly put the Knicks in the show, but there's a lot of New York Knicks stuff sprinkled in because they always seem to be related to some of these teams. You know what I mean? And we're going to get into it, especially with the Donovan Mitchell trade. But before that, Grant, how are you doing, man? Good to see you.
2: I'm doing good. Um, I didn't really have a cute intro planned, uh, but only thing to shout out is... (laughs) Is uh, my mom's coming into town next weekend. We're going to the El- Elton oh. John concert. Um, in case oh. our listeners couldn't discern from my voice that I'm I'm Caucasian, um, we are going to the Elton <laughs> John concert
1: next week. Um,
2: so Whoa, shout Elton, out to Elton shout hit. out to Elton. I love Elton, I, mean, I absolutely love Elton. Shout out to my mom, shout Come out.
0: Come on, yeah. Elton John transcends race. He like, you yeah. should just everyone should love Elton John, yeah. He, he's, yeah. He, he's, he's universal, he's universal,
1: yeah. He's, yeah. 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 Everybody, everybody
0: yeah. loves Elton. That's the man. Well, shout out to your mom. Grant, that's uh hopefully she's doing well. <laughs> yeah, all right. Thank you. Let's let's get into it and start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Last season they were 44 and 38, eighth in the Eastern Conference last season, lost in a playing tournament to the Brooklyn Nets, then to the Atlanta Hawks. Some key losses for them in, in terms of the roster. They lost Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen as a part of that Donovan Mitchell trade. And speaking of Donovan Mitchell, he's one of their massive key additions traded from the Utah Jazz. They also signed Ricky Rubio, Robin Lopez. They drafted Isaiah Mobley in the second round and extended Darius Garland. I'm going to break this. i just lay out the trade really quick once again. So the Cavaliers sent to the Utah Jazz Laurie Markinen, rookie wing, Ochai Abaji, guard Colin Sexton, three unprotected first-round picks in 2025, 2027, and 2029, and two pick swaps in 2026 and 2028 for Donovan Mitchell. So I'm going to start with the the new guest, Mr. Chris LeBron. I would love to hear your off-season grade for the Cleveland Cavaliers and thoughts about the Mitchell trade to Cleveland and for
1: your Knicks. Yeah, so uh, great for Cleveland. I give them, I give them uh, an A. They're going all yeah. in. You know, I mean, this time last year, a lot of us weren't even – Thinking about the Cavaliers, they're one of those teams. You're like, okay, maybe in a few years, you know, maybe, you know, they can compete for a playoff spot. Well, they they fast tracked real quick and and they made some noise. They had a really good start. They kind of fade at the end, but you expect that with a young team like that.
0: Injuries and, uh, too, you
1: know, a lot in, of injuries, injuries a lot year. of A lot of injuries. Like, with a mix of young players, you know, that's expected. But they went all in, and this is like the first time of, since the LeBron era. Where they feel like, you know, they finally figured it out without having LeBron James, you know, in the fold. You know, it, it always felt like when LeBron wasn't there, like they, they just didn't know what the hell they were doing. And yeah. now they <laughs> now it seems like, okay, they drafted really well, you know, and they were like, okay, like we feel like if we add this player, like we can make some damage in the East. And you gotta get whether the fit is ideal or perfect. That's to be. That's the you know. That's the latency sure. thing. We'll, we'll we'll see, but I, I I I think this is a great move to go all in and to get a dynamic scorer like that. They needed a kind of like a wing type player like that. Now he's not an ideal. You know. He, you know. Donovan's smaller, but he is a dynamic player off the wing, and, and I think you know they. I give them tremendous credit for going all in for this, and uh, you know, their team that. They don't care about those picks because they got a foundation where they're going to be good for the next 10 years. You know, yeah. injuries injuries aside, if Mobley's healthy, Garland's healthy, those are two pieces that are going to be – they're going to be in that, in the playoff race for the next 10 years. So, like, you can punt on, on those picks. So, kudos for them for, for going in. That's a great move. That's an A move for me. And, and um, you know, they didn't give up too much. You know, Colin Sexton. they were that was a guy that they were already like they weren't sure about you know, his his fit into in this team for the future. Laurie Marketing was it was kind of like a shocker pickup for them, but um, yeah, to be able to flip him to get a Donovan Mitchell, I, I guess they, I guess they wound up working out for them. So you know, a good good, really good move. And they're going all in, and I like teams. I like that are, that do that when they feel like they're that close. So you know, I give them an A for that. I give them an A. It they, was very good move for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Grant. What, what do you think, man? What about the trade and your grade for the Cleveland Cavs? Yeah. So
2: Chris, I think I, you hit on a, a couple of really good points there. First of all, the fact that this Cavs team was able to so quickly put together these pieces where they could create this package and still have a roster. Um, this talented mm-hmm. around Donovan Mitchell is pretty incredible what they've done in like a couple of years. years. Um, that's, that's like not easy to do at all. Um, for the trade itself. um, I mean, he fits their team, maybe not perfectly, but fits it pretty well. Fits their timeline. Definitely young player. Um, He's on a solid long-term deal and a big time proven playoff performer. Um, Getting that type of a player. It's not, it's, you know, these deals are never perfect necessarily, um, Mm -hmm. but like taking that big swing, that's impressive um, to, to get a player like this. So I liked it a lot for them. I think maybe, it was a slight overpay. I was a little surprised Abhagi was in there. Um mm. I think I mean I've never been a Colin Sexton fan going back to his high school days and his feud <laughs> in high school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I do think maybe he's been underrated at, at this point as a guy who scored 24 points a game on efficient numbers, efficient shooting numbers. Um right. that's like that's that's not easy to do in this league. Um I, I, I don't think he's a star by any means, but I do think maybe he's been a little bit undervalued. So I think maybe like the full fair value might've been like swap a with a and take one of the swaps out, take one of the, the pick swaps out. Um, and that might've been like the perfect fair, the fair value for Donald Mitchell, but that's just not how the market works. You're going to end up overpaying a little bit. So I think they basically got um, a, re- a really good deal for, for Mitchell here. Um, so I did, I did not think it was anything in like the Rudy Gobert territory, even though it was a very good package yeah. for the Jazz still did not think it was anything in the Rudy Gobert territory as far as overpay. Yeah. Um, so I landed on an A as well, um, for their off season, I think not an A plus. I mean, like I said, many of these moves are not going to end up being perfect. Um, it's, it's never going to be expected to be perfect, but taking this kind of swing that doesn't really jeopardize their future too much. Um, and makes them a pretty talented, strong, if not contender than like middle of the Eastern conference, at least team right now, um, in the short run that that's a, uh, that's an A, that's an A off season for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to add too much more. I mean, I echo what both of y'all just said. Um, I think this move not only sets them up really well for next season. I think as y'all said, it sets them up for their future as well, because I mean, as you said, Chris Garland's so young, Mobley's young, Jared Allen isn't that old either. I think he's my, my gut says, I haven't checked this. My gut says he's like 25. Right. 24, yeah. You can't older.
1: be, yeah, like he can't be that old. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You
0: can't, you can't be that old. So like that, that young core, uh, Donovan Mitchell is a fantastic perimeter scorer. And for me, I give this, I give the Cleveland Cavaliers offseason an a plus I'll, I'll, I'll bump them up from, from y'all's a, because I think the thing with the fit is a fair thing to mention. It's all speculative. We don't, we don't know until we see it. That's we're all speculating, but I mentioned this uh, to the off the ball network people, Chris, so you might remember me saying this or not, but on offense, this is as exciting as Damon CJ on defense. It's as dreadful as Damon CJ. <laughs> like it's as bad, which is the biggest reason I've heard people critique this trade for Cleveland. But the biggest difference is Damon CJ and Garland and Mitch. The difference between those two, these two backcourts, is that Damon CJ never had interior defenders to make up for their exactly. defensive issues. You know what I'm saying? 100%. They never had that. Garland and Mitchell do. Evan Mobley was seventh in the league, averaging 1.7 blocks per game. Jared Allen is a more than capable shot blocker, averaging 1.3 blocks per game. And Cleveland can do what Utah did and funnel his opposition to the rim. But the difference between that, the between Utah and Cleveland, is Utah only had Gobert. And yeah, Gobert's Ooh. a generational shot blocker and rim protector, but it was just him. It was proven yeah. in the playoffs that he can be taken out of games depending on the matchup for Cleveland. They have two shot blockers and Evan Mobley, who's a unicorn who can defend multiple positions. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be much harder to take advantage of just one interior defender, like teams could against Utah. It's going to be so much harder to score against this team because yeah, the perimeter defense isn't there, but it's proven with how good Utah is defensively in the regular season that you can't just funnel dudes to the rim. And just, hey, good luck finishing over two seven-foot guys. You know, yeah, have good yeah. luck. And in the playoffs, that should still work because of how versatile Evan Mobley is. And frankly, I, I'm mentioning a lot of Evan Mobley. It's because he's the key. If he, if he really yes. takes leaps and he continues to get better, good God, this Cleveland team is terrifying. Terrifying on both yes. of ends of the floor if he continues to get better. Garland's already great. We all know how good Mitchell is. Jared Allen's really good. But if Mobley continues to take strides, goodness gracious, I mean, come on. This team is terrifying. You don't even need a three. People are like, oh, they don't have a wing. They'll they'll probably need Chetty Osmond or Isaac Okoro, who uh, I heard on the Zach Lowe podcast. Hi, Zach, again, that. Isaac Okoro missed the most wide open. He either took the most wide open threes or missed the most wide open threes in the NBA last season. One it's, of those. It's things. probably
1: missed because he he doesn't. Yeah, he can't probably shoot missed. I think he yeah, took. I
2: think he took the most wide open and then still made like a horrible percentage percentage of. Them yeah, that is <laughs> yeah, what it was. He, yeah. He can't shoot wide open
0: threes. Yeah. So if he can make like a little more, then that makes things he so can much defend. better for
1: Cleveland. He can defend. defend though, yeah, help, exactly. Helps, so okay. going to help? That's all right. they need for him. It's just defend right. on the perimeter.
0: Exactly exactly so i mean look i i like this cleveland team a lot uh and i'm going to transition that to the predictions for cleveland next season in terms of seeding i think they finished third in the east guys i think they're better than philly i think they're deeper i think they're better than philly that's my hot
2: take man i think they're better i'm putting them third i'm gonna do it okay so let me talk about the defense um real quick. The other the other factor I don't think you talked about um as I Donovan Mitchell's frame is much lauded, much talked about. Six ten wingspan, strong body, extremely athletic. All of us think there's no reason he shouldn't be an above average defender with that frame. But the issue with Utah has been he's been their entire offense. So I think now yeah. a little bit Good less point. stress on on offense for him with this team, hopefully, ideally, should open up him to be a better um. Defender um, good point. Yeah. Which would, would help their de- defense tremendously. So with that, with, like you said, the guys behind him, um, protecting him, I'm not expecting a huge drop off de- defensively for them, which would be great. Cause they were, I think, I think they finished like seventh in defense last year and were better for most of the season before Jared Allen got hurt. Um, yeah. So they were pretty damn good defensively last year. I'm not expecting a huge drop off um, their other issue depth. They have a really good, good like top six to seven, And I think they did a good job of signing some like solid low cost backups like Robin Lopez, Raul Neto um, guys who are just kind of not going to hurt you um, and and are really cheap. So that's that those guys will like be a bandaid for now. They'll be fine. That'll need to be improved in the future. If they're going to be a real contender, they'll need to have better depth. Um, But right now that's fine. That all being said, third is really high. It's not crazy. (laughs) It's not crazy. I think this is like the most balanced the league in general might have ever been. Oh man. There we're are just wrong. so many so good deep. teams. The so parity. So
1: this is what they wanted. The NBA wants this. They wanted yeah. parody. We I feel like we've the got first, it these last few years, we're getting it. And this year, especially, like how many there's not a lot of really bad teams. Like even the no, Detroit and Detroit and Orlando, you're like, they have promise. Like they actually could be good in a couple years. Yeah. Like they could be Cleveland. They could be Cleveland in a year or two. Like, <laughs> Absolutely, it's crazy. Talent is, like,
2: talent is spread out, and there's no there's no real like juggernauts. I feel like, um, so yeah. like, so I have I have them sixth. I don't feel like that's okay. a huge gap, even between third and sixth. I sure. just think it's like it's probably three or
0: four games, you know? Right. Like, so yeah, yeah, the gap is yeah, 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 exactly. So they could be anywhere in that
2: range. I would probably lean just on them being figuring things out, being a little less experienced than some of these other teams, and probably ending up a, a little bit lower. Um, but still, like like six six in the East right now. With how deep everything is, is like not a bad team at all. Like very good team. So yeah,
1: yeah,
2: I agree. What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, I think around yeah, that's I got them six. But third, I mean, like you never, we don't know about injuries with other teams. And listen, yeah. Philly, Embiid has has a history of injuries. So he goes hard down. Two. You know, hard into You know, uh, so the, I wouldn't be shocked. Like the the ceiling for this team is crazy because, like you mentioned with the whole Utah thing, like. Like now, Donovan does not have to be the primary, you know, focus on offense. He's got Garland. He's got Mobley, and and like you said, Mobley, if he takes a second year jump that we think he can, I mean, this guy, this guy could Duh. be an MVP <sighs> type player. Like he is scary good. Like yeah, it's yeah. crazy to see. Like he is something we haven't seen from a guy this big. Like he is not your typical, you know, six foot eleven guy. That you know, yeah. he is something special, and on both ends too. Like, and he, he's. If he takes that next jump and he's an all-star level player, they can be a three-seat. They can be a three-seat for sure, maybe even higher. Like, they, they have – and they don't need, like, the Alcoro. Like, yeah, we know he can't shoot, but he can defend on a perimeter. That's the one thing he did in Auburn. He, he can defend yep. his butt off, and that's all yep. they need. So, Donovan doesn't have to worry about guarding and worry about being the primary scorer. Just do your thing, you know, play off Garland. And you've got two big men down there. If, hey, you getting doubled or whatever, boom, you just throw those two big guys. Like, yeah. they, they got It's, you know, I know the depth may be not there right now, but um, I think just they're, they're a scary team. They, they're going to give teams fit. They gave team fit last year, and nobody expected that. Yeah. Now this year, we're Donovan and another year, Mobley, Jared Allen, Garland. You know, Garland. I wouldn't be surprised if they're at three six. I don't think that's as crazy as maybe people think. I know. I think I, I give him top six seed for sure. If I had to say top right six. now, top six. Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, mean, I, I think if Mobley fills out his frame more, like gets bulkier, gets stronger, he mm-hmm. can be a Joel Embiid type dude who can be yeah. inside out, rim protect, guard the perimeter. And I don't, I don't know off the top of my head how good of a passer ever Mobley is. Grant, Chris, you might know if he's how good of a passer he is. I don't know off he's the top of my head. He's a good passer. Okay, I mean, great. He's, so he's young, he's,
2: developing, but like he's he's a good passer. He's going to be a very yeah, good
0: passer. Yeah. So that that's already that makes him better than Embiid in that regard because Embiid isn't a good passer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I mean like yeah. Evan Mobley has it's like sky's the limit for him and how good he can be. So yeah, I, I I'm glad you all don't think my third seed prediction is too ridiculous. Uh we'll talk about mm-hmm. the Sixers in another episode and I'll try and back up my claim why I think the Cavs <laughs> are better than the Sixers. Um but all right, so let's move on. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets last season, 48 and 34, sixth in the Western Conference, lost to the Golden State Warriors in the first round. And some key losses for them, uh, they lost Monte Morris, Will Barton, Bryn Forbes, Jermichael Green, and Austin Rivers. They added Bruce Brown, though, which I like a lot. Well, will sure we'll talk about that right. later. Like him a lot. Contavious, Caldwell Pope, also Ish Smith. They drafted Christian Braun from Kansas, a good pickup late in the first round. Mm-hmm. San DeAndre Jordan and they extended Nikola Jokic. I think uh, you may have heard of him. I think he's a pretty, he's like a two-time MVP. I think back-to-back mm-hmm. MVP. Uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, he's okay. So, Grant, I'll start with you. Um, I want to hear your great thoughts and seeding prediction. Uh, you, we can just talk about seeding in this part because Denver, I feel like it'd be a little shorter than before, but Go ahead, Grant. Off-season grade and thoughts and seed.
2: Yeah, so this is one of two teams that we're going to be talking about today, where the off-season is not the biggest story for them. Um, it's more the guys that are just getting back from injury um, that are yep. big story as for, for their next season. Um, that being said, the Nuggets didn't. I didn't note not a lot of big names in or out, but they did shuffle their deck around. I think they did end up with more um, surrounding there's two um, like Bruce Brown, a lot, the swing, the swing point of their off season, um could be Bruce Brown shooting. Uh, if, mm. if, his sh- if his shooting in yep. the second half last year is real then he's going to fit perfectly. If he's, if it's not real, it's going to be a little bit harder to play him and Aaron Gordon together sure. on the court. Um, so that's going to be a big swing point. KCP fits great. Um, loved the Christian Braun draft pick. They also drafted, uh, who am I forgetting uh, from? from UCLA, right? Peyton Payton Watson, Watson. Yeah. Talented yeah. guy. That, that's a classic, um, Nuggets pick just kind of t- high upside talent pick there at the end of the first round. That's a very Nuggets pick. Um, yep. like both those draft picks, like what they did. Um, but again, like the, the big focus is not really what they did in the off season, but who they're getting back from injury, Jamal Murray and, and Michael Porter jr. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll, we'll talk more about their outlook in a little bit, but, um, do, unless you want me to talk about that as well right now.
0: Uh, go for it. go for it because again, okay.
2: I mean, well great yeah, off season it. grade went with B minus. Um, again, could that could go higher depending on Bruce Brown's shooting and his fit. Um, I have them seated third in the west. Um, okay, I think they're definitely top four and I'm just counting on them kind of being better than one of those teams or one of those teams not one of those other three teams not um, caring as much about the regular season, maybe having some injury issues, resting some guys, whatever. Um, so I, have them third. I, I mean, Jokic is the backpack MVP, um, getting back to Mallard and Michael Porter Jr. And improving the fit around them. I, I just, I mean, I love this team going into the season last year before those injuries, um, thought they would have been without a doubt, a contender. I think they're going to be contender this year. Um, third could end up being even low, honestly, with how talented this team is and, and how well they fit together and how good Jokic is. So.
0: Yeah, uh, I again I echo what you said. The, the biggest thing for me is just health, as we all know. If MPJ Jamal Murray can stay healthy, stay consistent, stay their super productive and efficient scoring selves, then we already know how good this fit is. I mean, Denver was the Denver was the trendy pick to win the NBA Finals before Jamal Murray got hurt in the basketball media. Lots of people were picking Denver to win it all, and then the Jamal Murray injury, and we all know what happened after that. But now that he's quote-unquote healthy, now that Michael Porter Jr. is quote-unquote healthy, if they stay that way and they stay playing at this high level that we know they they can reach, we all know how good Jokic is. I really love the Bruce Brown fit. Like you said, Grant, if he can shoot, that's even better. But I still like his fit to add that level of defense because I remember when we talked about Denver before Grant with you, me, and Connor. I think a, a concern that we would have is their defense, especially their perimeter defense. But now I think Bruce Brown helps add that, add more perimeter defense and KCP as more perimeter defense as well and shooting. And I like you, I like the Christian Braun draft pick as, as you mentioned, Grant, I think Denver, if they stay healthy, that's the big if, if they stay healthy, I think they finish first in the West next season. And the reason being, I think golden state, will want to rest their older guys, like even Steph, Draymond, Clay. I think they'll want to rest them later on in the year, and I don't think they care about seeding. I don't think they care. Why would they? They just won the NBA title. They know how good they are. I don't think they care. And then the Clippers, same thing. Kawhi's been hurt. Paul George has a bad injury history. I think they will want to rest dudes too later on. And Denver with how, how much of a workhorse Jokic is, I think it's underrated how much of a workhorse he is. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's pudgy, all that crap. But this man can hoop for a long period of time and stay can stay playing at a super high MVP level for a long period of time. And he showed it last year when it was just him that he has the stamina to play at an insanely high level for all 82 games. And I, I think, or at least most of the 82 games, I'm sure you sat out few, but most of them. So I think... If they stay healthy, Denver will be the team that cares the most about wanting to get the one seed because they've, they've never reached these heights in the Western Conference or in the NBA, and they'll want that home court advantage throughout the Western Conference playoffs. I think they'll care about it, and I think they'll be the one seed. Now, do I think they're necessarily the best team in the Western Conference? I don't know. I'm still parsing that all out in my head, but I think they'll be the one seed in the Western Conference.
1: Francis, I agree. I think the one oh. seed is definitely something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you read my line. I think the one seed is definitely something that is definitely achievable with them, especially health, health permitted. They're yeah, happy. health. Because they got two big free agents that aren't really free agents coming back to this team. It, it, you know, so and Murray and Porter. So that, that's that's huge. And you see how they did last year. You know, Jokic won MVP without those guys. You know, so you add those two guys, and you add perimeter defense with KCP. You know, with Brown, like you got they got things that they needed. They needed perimeter defense desperately. Like they, they would just, it was just all day. And listen, as great as as Jokic is, you know, he's not a rim protector and all that. So you get to him, and, and you're going to be. But he's, getting better. Those, he's he getting, getting better. He's getting better though. Yeah. <laughs> he is, yeah, he is getting better, but he's still not. You know, yeah. he's still not you know the rim protector and you're not expecting that for him he, he's he's your sure. you know he, he's your offensive creator and all that he's your score you want him to focus on that but i think the one seed is definitely obtainable the kcp is a big addition with brown big addition you know they, they drafted solid um so they got some pieces that I, I really like and they have like you said the warriors you know they, they they're going they're worrying about the playoffs you know, they don't care where yeah. they are. The Warriors don't really care where they're seated. Um, and some other teams, you know, could you know, but uh, I could see the Nuggets being the one seed. and um, Jokic, you know, there's still people that be like, oh, did Jokic deserve to win the MVP? You know, he, he might still have a chip on So we saw them in FIBA. You know, he he, he looked good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, look good. <laughs> he, yeah, he got yeah. a chip on his shoulder and all that. Uh, and even though he's back-to-back MVP, there's still people that are skeptical about, you know, whether he should have won back-to-back or they should have went to, to Embiid and all that. But they got sure. Aaron Gordon. If, if Aaron Gordon just plays his role, you know, um, you know, kind of like in that Jeremy Grant, you know, when they're missing and then they are like, oh, wow, we really could have used a Jeremy Grant. A Jeremy Grant. (laughs) A a Jeremy Grant, you know, that we just traded away. They thought probably they could just fill that in easily, but that wasn't the case. And so Aaron Gordon plays his role and, you know, but this is also an expensive team. This is an expensive team. So I think, you know, you kind of got to go for it and see what happens, you know, the, the window could be, could be closing quick, cause, cause especially if we don't know what kind of Murray. That's also the other thing. We don't know what type of Murray or Porter we get. You know, if they're right. healthy, they could be. Easy. They can be the one C, especially with Joe. How great he is! But if they're they're not those guys, especially Porter. You know, we know we're going to get with for Murray most likely, For Porter, you yeah. know that back. We see what happens, but yeah, if, if we're just forgetting about injuries and you know, everyone's healthy, they could definitely be the one C. And I think they will be the one C. If they are healthy, because they got I like the additions they made, the draft picks. Um, so the I think I think the one seat is definitely there for them.
0: Yeah. Grant, anything else on the nuggets?
2: Yeah, they I mean they clearly went for two-way guys. Um, they're got more lineup flexibility, more ability to hide Michael Porter Jr. Um and keep him from being targeted. Um, but I think that still will be will be a factor. Is Michael Porter Jr. going to be this absolute CU defensively um, yeah. that, that other te- that other teams can pick on pick on? And are, is he going to be able to stay on the floor from that? I, I think he's good enough good enough offensively that he should be able to stay on the floor. But if he's just absolutely getting terrorized by the other team defensively, um, that's going to hurt their playoff chance a little bit. So can he just show a little bit of improvement on that end um, where he can hold up – will hold hold his own a little bit? um and the other guys are going to be pretty solid around him and they'll be good enough defensively um so i think that's going to be something to watch going into the season
1: yeah and they got bones Highland too I and mean, if you get a second year jump for bones Highland, kind of like yeah. a, like tyrese maxi because they're the Ooh, very similar point. players like maxi and them and even like quickly they're kind of like the same players those three guys it's kind of yeah, scary that's a good shot but if they if he takes that next jump too that helps them immensely especially with scoring yeah, true you know so you might not need jamal murray to be jamal murray especially right away and michael ford is to be Michael Porter right away if Bones Highland takes that jump, that helps a lot too going forward.
0: Yeah, I think that's those are all great points, guys. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so let us move on to the Dallas Mavericks last season 52 and 30, fourth in the Western Conference, lost to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference final in five games, though they did upset the Phoenix Suns in one of my favorite. Moments to watch his sons implode because I was never a big fan of them in the first place. So that just made me happy. Anyway, key losses for the Dallas Mavericks. Jalen Brunson signed by the New York Knicks. They traded Sterling Brown, traded Trey Burke, traded Marcus Chris, and traded Boban Marjanovic in a trade for Christian Wood from the Houston Rockets. They also signed JaVale JaVale McGee and drafted Jaden Hardy. Thirty seventh, which I thought was a great value draft pick to get a guy uh, as talented as Jaden Hardy in, in the second round. So that's really good draft pick. Um, I'll go first with my thoughts on on the Dallas Mavericks and an off season grade. For me, they lost Bobon, so that's immediately an F. I just don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't care what happens. They lost Bobon. That's already a horrible off season. Uh, I, I give them a B minus because I like the Christian Wood trade. Uh, I'm higher on Christian Wood, I think, than others. Though he didn't have a good 2022 season, as as good of a 2022 season as his 2021 year, he still averaged 17.9 points per game, 10.1 rebounds, which was a career high. He blocked. He also blocked a shot per game while also shooting 39% from three, which was also a career high. He has an above average. He had an above average win share per for 48 and a good true shooting percentage of 59.5. He's still a really good player, and he adds something that Dallas has been missing, especially since the swing and a miss trade for Christoph Porzingis. I think Christian Wood can do a little bit of that role for Dallas, and he can rim run, he can pick and pop, he can spot up on the perimeter, he can get at his own bucket. I think he's a really good player, and I think he helps Dallas a lot next season. But the only reason why I give it a B- is because I'm still – I was hoping for more From Dallas, I was hoping for a splashier move. I was hoping for something more energizing for that fan base and a more legitimate number two next to Luka Doncic because yeah, Christian Woods good, but I don't think he's a true number two player. Excuse me, true number two player on a championship winning team, and Christian was probably like a three or fourth best player on a championship team. And I was hoping Dallas would really make that move, like, like Chris, you mentioned before with Cleveland going all in for, their, for that dude, Donovan Mitchell. I was hoping Dallas would do something similar. Now, would it, would it have been for Donovan Mitchell? Who knows? Maybe a CJ McCollum, you know, maybe a Brandon Ingram, maybe a whatever. You can just talk superstars and on the trade market for, for a while. But I was still hoping they would have done something else more flashy because Luka Doncic is special. Guys, he is. We all know that Mm -hmm. he is just stupid good at the game of basketball. He's basically a little Jokic, and little is funny because he's like six, seven. (laughs) He's just a shorter version of Jokic and so damn smart. He's incredible. He is so, so good at the game. And Dallas is going to have him for a very long time. But that's what that's the thing. When you have a generational type superstar like Luka Doncic, it's building around him properly, it's getting the right dudes around him. And I'm still yet to see Dallas really do that for Luca. They tried it with Chris Haps Porzingis. We all know how that worked out. I but them training for Christian Wood doesn't even signal to me that they're that, that was an attempt to get him a second guy. Cause I don't think Christian Wood's good enough to be the second guy. So that's why I gave him a, a B minus. It's fine. I like Christian Wood. I like I like this Dallas team. Love Luka Doncic, but I was hoping for something bigger. Uh, what do you think, Chris? Off-season grade and and, and thoughts on the Mavs?
1: Uh, I think they're going to take a big regress. They're going to regress Ooh. big time. And we've seen this before where, like, teams like that that have, like, you know, dominant, you know, scores, you know, primary bowl handlers. Like, we saw that with Portland a few years back. They went to the Western Conference Finals and then they regressed. Mm. Uh, yeah. and, and it's kind of similar to that Portland team. They didn't make much change, you know, that much change great changes, but in this Dallas team, like, yeah, they Christian Wood is a nice player, but you know, I don't know if that's enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you get some perimeter shooting, but you know, and and some pick and pop stuff, but losing Jalen Brunson is going to be absolutely massive. That is a massive loss for them losing Jalen Brunson, like how he played with and without Luca on the court and just that leadership he brought and he's a winner. They're losing their yeah. guy who has a winning man. He's won everywhere. He's going over yeah. two-time national champion. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm hyped about him coming to New York because he's bringing that winning mentality to New York. But I think they're going to take a step back. Now, how far back? I still think they're a playoff team for sure. But it, it could be one and done in the playoffs. You know, I just think yeah. the reliance on Luca is, yes, he's that good. He can carry a team. And we've seen him do, do it. You know, since he's been to the league, we saw it against the Clippers. You know, you know, in the in the bubble and all that, what he's done. But um, are going to take a step back? You know, uh, for sure. You know, Tim Hardaway. We don't know what kind of Tim Hardaway we get. He was not. He, I don't even think he played in the playoffs last year. So yeah, he's going to have to take the load. And is he that dude that he could be? You know, the second. You know, your second league scorer and all that. You know, they added some size. They added Javale McGee and all that, and that's good with Luca, but he's good in like 10-15 minute spurts. I don't know. I, I I give them like a C a C for yeah. their awesome. Okay. I just I think when you got a guy like Luka, you need to capitalize. You need to you need to make major moves like Christian Wood, you know he's 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 solid but he's also up and down. You know yeah I know his situation in, in Houston was complicated because they went full, you know, if you weren't 20 or under, and you weren't playing. So <laughs> I understand <laughs> that situation and all that. But with the West, you got the Clippers, you know, coming back. You got Denver, we just talked about that's gonna be better. You know, the Pelicans, who oh, I'm really high on the Pelicans, super yep. high on the Pelicans, you know, Golden State, like there's team they can drop just simply because teams are getting better and they didn't really improve that much. So I, I'm not crazy high on them didn't like their offseason that much Losing Brunson to me is going to be really i know that the money was going to be too much for them but you know when you want to go all in and you're trying to capitalize on luka i just think they just they dropped the ball on this offseason big time and didn't didn't help Lucas' chance them their chances with luka to 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 move forward from the you know, western conference appearance. so i don't like their offseason and i think they take a a, a, a uh, they take a fall this year for sure.
0: Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Grant, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I like the Christian Wood move a lot. Um, think he balances the roster, fits seamlessly with Luka, and don't think they gave up a lot for him. Um, so likes that a lot. But, I mean, it, it just felt like one step forward, one step back. Losing Brunson feels like they're – like they're treading water, um, and in the rising tide that is the Western Conference this year, treading water will end up oh, it's drowning, good. drowning them. So, oh, that's I a know, good, Grant. I, like that. I, like right? that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, so yeah, I, um, I, yeah, I have said for the past couple of years that the roster around Luca is fine. I like, I like all these players it's just not good enough. Everyone is playing like one spot too high in the hierarchy than they should be. Um, yeah. you know, Doreen Finnis fifth is going to be what the, is going to be the third best player on their team this year. And he should be yeah. a fourth or fifth um, best player on, 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 a, on a really good team. So they're just not doing enough to build, to build this around Luca right now. I think y'all hit on that a hundred percent. They're not doing enough to build on Luca. I landed my grade right in between y'all to C plus. Um, yeah. Thought it was fine. They didn't, do anything crazy, but yeah, they're gonna take a slight setback, have them seated sixth just because teams are getting better and they're probably staying exactly the same. They're they're gonna end up finishing around sixth, I would say. Yeah, I
0: I have them, I also have them finishing sixth. Um, I went back and forth about this and uh, a hometown team for Grant and I. Um, but I think Dallas finishes sixth next season. I think Memphis will finish. Well, I'm not going to tell what Memphis will finish, but, uh, yeah, I think Dallas will finish next, next I, think, I think I think our I, listeners I can guess that.
2: where you have them based on. Yeah. Results, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, Chris, what was your seeding prediction again? Sorry if I missed it.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess I would say around that, that sixth range. I think that's fair. Uh, I just think – just off of Luka alone, I think they're top six seed for sure. Um, but, yeah, just – there's not – High on no man. I could see them getting bounced in the first round. Like, I just think they're gonna too much reliance on Luca, and it's good and it's bad. Like, obviously, yeah. he can carry, but you got to be able to help him. And I don't trust Tim Hardaway Jr. and, and you know, the cast <laughs> they they and Christian Wood to, to be able to help him in the playoffs. Wasn't Tim Hardaway Jr. a Nick? Or am I am I wrong? He's a, a Nick in twice.
0: Two Nick times. twice. Oh,
1: that's right. Two we, times. We, we we drafted him, then we traded him to to Atlanta for like a bag of chips, and then uh, they re- signed they re- they re- they signed him at a free agent for like seventy five million dollars when they, like, the next team was offering like fifty million dollars. So, but that, we're, I don't want to talk about the past. Let's not talk about. Yeah, the that's past. fine. Like, that's all right, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: no worries. All right, let's move on to a team that did get somebody who compliments – uh their superstar. And let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. 43 and 39 last season, ninth in the Eastern Conference, beat the Charlotte Hornets in the first round of the plan. that still sounds weird to say, but I guess I guess theoretically it's the first round of the plan. and then they beat Cleveland in the second round of the plan to get the the 7 seed, no, 8 seed, 7 seed, 8 seed, 8 seed in the Eastern Conference last year, and they lost to the Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, key losses for them last season. They lost Dino Galinari, Kevin Herter, and DeLon Wright, but they added Dejounte Murray from the San Antonio Spurs in a trade. Um, they also traded for Justin Holiday, drafted AJ Griffin, which I think is a really good move. Connor touched on it in the last podcast. I think that's a great move. Uh, More Harkless also in that in that Kings trade uh, signed Aaron Holiday and signed Frank Detank Kaminsky. Uh, the big the big news, though, is the, is the agreement to trade DeJounte Murray from the San Antonio Spurs. Um, it was traded to the Hawks in exchange for the Hornets' 2023 first-round pick. Uh, the Hawks' 2025 first-round pick, unprotected. And the Hawks' 2027 first-round pick, which is also unprotected. And the right to solve first-round picks with the Hawks' 2026 and Danilo Gallinari. I think this is... Uh, I think this that was an interesting trade, and I'll start with Grant to give your thoughts on Atlanta's offseason, their grade, and thoughts on the on the Dejounte Murray
2: trade. Yeah, I talked about the Dejounte Murray trade last episode, so I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, I say before I dive right deep into it, um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, like Murray a lot. Think they got him for very fair price. I think, especially depending on what happens with that Hornets pick, I'm not positive what happens after this after this next year. But I know it's tw- 2023 in top 16 protected, which Hornets will definitely be in the top 16. Um, so I don't know if that turns into two seconds or if it can face like unprotected. Depending on those protect- how those protections work, um, if it, if it's the, the former of those options, the two seconds, um, then that could end up being really excellent value for um, Dejounte Murray um, there. Uh, like I said last episode, though, not a hundred percent sold on his fit, um, but it is a big talent upgrade without giving up Collins, Hunter, um, or Capella. Yeah, and then if if I'm wrong about the fit, and then Trey and Trey accepts more of an off ball or more off ball possessions, then uh, that that could be pretty scary. Um, which I could definitely be wrong about that. I just think it's it's one ball and these guys. Johnny Murray's not a natural off-ball player. Trey Young has shown no inclination to want to play off the ball, so I think there could be issues with that. But if that's wrong and it's just like two dynamite playmakers who are playing off each other and then he improves their defense greatly, then this could be pretty scary. Yeah. Um, the Herder trade, I'm lukewarm on, but not like a massive impact there. And then drafting A.J. Griffin and then also signing Aaron Holiday, I thought those were both really smart moves that push this to a definite B-plus for me for their offseason grade. Um, that being said, I have them seated. This is just, it sounds crazy, I, it, but I have them seated seventh and I, and I just yeah. don't, it's just hard. It's just hard to put them higher and they could, it, like, if the fit works out, it could be up to like fifth or something like that, but it's just a really deep conference. It's, it's a really deep league and it's a really deep conference. And I have them moving up one spot, even though I think it's a really talented team. Um, so I, I don't know, I, I guess I hope, I'm hope I, I hope I'm wrong about that. And I hope they're better than I think they're going to be, but I just I think there's more established teams. The Nets could, who knows what's going to happen with the Nets? That's kind of the wild card there. Um, we'll talk about that more in another episode, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah, we will s- seventh right now.
0: Yeah, I I also give them uh, well, I'll, I'll give them an A minus actually uh, because I I like the Dejounte Murray trade just slightly more than you, Grant. Uh, did, you just that, mentioned, did
2: you just change your pick on change that grade on the fly just to be one? Yes, grade higher just to
0: than me? be one, just just a smidge higher okay. because I do like the yeah. Murray trade a little bit more than you. Uh, so I'm going to yeah, give it an price a minus. Right. I love
2: that.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so give it an a minus because I, I just think Atlanta has been struggling so much on defense and they needed perimeter defending so damn bad. And the Chante Murray, I mean, he's an elite defender, he's an elite perimeter defender and he's also basically a triple double threat he averaged like 23 8 and 9 last season like he's he's damn near a triple double threat every time he steps on the floor like like you said Grant he's a massive talent upgrade and i i think Trey Young can i have i have faith in him that he can play off ball because all he has to do is watch Steph Curry film like watch how Steph Curry runs around the court and if Trey Young can get his conditioning up to to a place where he can Uh, start moving off ball because it takes a lot of effort. As we know, it takes a lot of work to, to move off ball. And if he can get his body into a place where he can do that comfortably and know how to work off ball screens, roam around, roam around without having the ball in his hands. And I think that would be awesome. As you said, for the Hawks, screen. and I think he can do it. I have faith in his ability to do that. And I just really like the DeJounte Murray fit. I think defensively helps them so much. And I think he helps them on offense. I mean, We've talked about adding a secondary playmaker next to Trey Young for a while. I think, Grant, you harped on that about the Hawks like a year ago, that they, they – I wonder if they should have a secondary playmaker. Well, they have one. They have a secondary playmaker and someone who can take a little bit of the load off of Trey Young. So, yeah, I think the fit is really good. But the thing is, like you said, Grant, I, I don't see how they finish higher than seven. I mean, maybe six. Maybe. But, like, I like the Bulls slightly more than Atlanta. Slightly, and I I think Brooklyn's going to be good. So it's like how, and I'm a I'm a Hawks dude. I I've been like drinking the Hawks Kool Aid for years, but I just don't see how they're going to finish that much higher than seven. Um, I'm with you on their ceiling. Their ceiling's probably five or six, but I I also will have them them finishing seventh in the East next year. What do you think, Chris? What's what's your thoughts on the, on the Hawks?
1: No, obviously the the Murray move was was a very good move because. They need a defense, definitely, and that's that's definitely a plus that they. But, like you mentioned with Trey Young, he needs to just stay in the lab and watch Steph Curry film all day and see yeah. how he moves because he's he is capable of doing off ball stuff and he's a good catch and shoot, you know, or uh, catch and shoot shooter, so he's there, he's definitely capable of playing all and he's gonna have to because. DeJounte no, is absolutely. not an off ball player and he can't shoot. No, you know, DeJounte can't shoot. I think he's about a below 33, uh, three point shooter. So he, he's not going to be the one that's going to be able to create off the ball and all that. So it's going to have to be Trey young, not all the time, but he's going to have to be a majority of him playing off the ball. And I think that'll benefit him a lot. Cause I think he's going to get a lot more open looks, you know, cause if DeJounte is collapsing the defense, you know, now that's a lot of, that's. Trey Young's going to hit that and his percentages are going to go up because he can't hit, he hits the open three like butter. So, yeah, I think that. But to me, the chemistry with this team going with John Collins and all that issue. And I feel like that's been an issue for like some years now, you know, yeah. with the Collins and Trey Young and all that. And they brought in some guys, um, you know, with the Hunter trade that are solid, but who are they better than right now? Right now, like with all the teams in the East that have made improvements and all that, like, who are you taking out? So I think yeah. they're going to stay. I think they stay put, to be honest. Damn, um, OK. I, I think they stay put um, because, like, I like Chicago a lot. I love Chicago last year. And I think if Lonzo Bull doesn't get hurt, I think they're, you know, Bulls would have been way better. And, and just looking at and you still got to put perver- like, I think they stay put or maybe even full. You know, because yeah. Cleveland's better. Cleveland, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you still got Washington in the mix, Mixer in that. Like, it's, it's, if there's a team that's going to fall, listen, every year there's a team that falls, right? I'm looking at the standings right now. There's always that one team that falls. I think they're the one. I, I, there's there's some chemistry issues that's bigger than what we even, they even know about with the Collins and Trey Young and all that. DeJounte is a very good player, but I also think he's a little bit overrated. A little bit overrated. I think people have overrated him a, a little bit. How that dynamic works is going to be the thing. But everything else, I just the chemistry, I don't know. They they we saw it last year, even two years ago when they went to the, and that's another team like like that's kind of in like Dallas, like yeah. Portland. Those teams that had to sneak up on, on, on you, and they oh wow, they're in the conference finals. Yeah. Atlanta, they had chemistry issues that year too like the beginning of the season was rough. And it seems like every year they're getting off to a rough start. You can't do that this year. You can't do that this yeah. year. So they're going to have to figure that out. So I do like the Murray move. I think it was a good move to get someone to help Trey Young because defensively he's <laughs> – I mean, it's rough. It's rough watching him play defense. That <laughs> helps. It's really rough watching him play defense. But I just don't think like, – even with the move, I don't know who they're better than. That they were, they were the eighth seed last year, right? I'm looking yeah. at the seven teams above them. I don't think they're better than any of those seven teams, and that's not even including Cavalier. I don't think they're better than Cleveland. Yeah, so
0: that's a good shout. and Cleveland so was below. Them a,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, the Cleveland finished <laughs> night. They lost, you know. So yeah, I think they're the ninth, tenth. I think they're a back in play in team, and I, I think that's where they're going to be at again. I think it's uh, around forty four wins around. Yeah, I think they might be the same. Uh, I just don't think they're better than a lot of teams ahead of them. And that's Cleveland, the Knicks. I mean, I think the Knicks might be a little bit better than them. not even just put them out there. I just think the Knicks might be better. Come on, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, man. They might be bad. They might be. They might be. Come on, a on, day, they might man. be on a good day. On a good day. On a good day. But I don't know. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about this team as a whole. I think they got a lot of, you know, the, they got some good young places. They drafted, you know, Jalen Johnson last year from Duke. And, right. and and AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin dookies, and, but, and Jalen Johnson. But but we haven't seen heard much about Jalen Johnson. Didn't play a lot last year. AJ Griffin needs a lot of, you know, he's has an injury history. Gotta see how he acclimates. He's not a defensive player at all. At all. And um I think that's a pure upside, but uh losing Horace is gonna be huge for them. I think that's gonna be a huge loss for them. You know, it is perimeter shooting and all that. So I don't you know, John Collins thing, you know, how's that gonna work? I don't know. You know, uh yeah. I think they'll stay put. I think they stay put around that eight to ten range, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, sh- I should have expected that type of answer coming from a Nick fan about the Hawks. <laughs> that 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 really okay. I should you know expect- have saw with that whole, coming
1: with the whole Trey Young stuff, I was like, Hey, we should not be cursing this man out because he's gonna cook us. And when they when we Everyone's like, yo, uh, we want Atlanta. I was the one person. I was like, ah, Atlanta's playing ball right now. They, they cooking right now. So, you know, uh, but uh, I think the could be. it could be better than it <laughs> could be. If everything goes right, if RJ takes the next step. But that's probably just my, my neck going on. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's- Atlanta is just, they're, they're tough. They're, they're, are they the team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals? Or are they more of the team we saw last year? That's the thing. Yeah. I think they're more – I think there will be a little bit more of last year than that team that went to the Eastern Conference. I, could, I honestly could have gotten to the finals if, you know, health was on their side. But, sure you while. Know, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not crazy about them this year. Don't tell them. Right, fair team. enough.
2: Chris yeah. Steve, <laughs> yeah the, don't tell – I won't tell I won't tell them. I won't tell them. Chris, let me disagree with you on one point before Connor's uh, head gets too big. The the Wizards are not still in the picture. Um, the Wizards yeah, I are, don't are, know. Not part, are not still in the picture. I said, "Hey, sh-
1: was nah, he not part long. of the picture? No, <laughs> no. they're, they're no. out. No. Hey, Porzingis, <laughs> no. Porzingis looked good. He looked good. If he finally stayed healthy after year <laughs> eight, you know, we could finally. <laughs> oh man, you know, we could finally live with oh, that
2: expectation. Oh boy, yeah. But I, I was <laughs> thinking maybe maybe we're like overrating the Bulls here. But I mean, yeah, like. Healthy Lonzo, Caruso, and Pat Williams—they're still yeah, gonna be solid. They're still like, good. It's, it's just—it's a tough—it's a tough, yeah, it's a tough it's beat just... for the Hawks. Like, yeah, I, I, you're right. Like, yeah, seventh, seventh could end up being high for them. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, and they could be theoretically better, but it's just they might stay put because just everyone above them is just yeah. better. <laughs> just be yeah. better. Like, I—I I can't see. I'm looking at it like I don't see who they're better at right now. They could be better at the team, but. Are they better than the, all the teams above them? I, I didn't right, think right. so, right? And that's like I said, that's not including Cleveland, you know. So yeah, yeah they, that's, they're yeah. tough to digest. to digest their Atlanta That's
0: Hawks. the hard part. That that makes me sad as someone who's been on this podcast talking about the Hawks for about three years. It makes me sad to be more realistic about them. Saying, yeah, I just don't think they're going to be as, as good. <laughs> like I just don't think they're they're as high as uh as they as they might hope they will be. Uh, all right, so let's move on to our last team, the L.A. Clippers. Last season, 42-40, 8th in the Western Conference, lost to Minnesota and New Orleans in both play tournament games, which was surprising to me, but they did. Then Minnesota celebrated like they won the World Cup. I mean, it was the wildest celebration after winning a play. I just don't – okay, well, we'll talk about Minnesota another time. Um, like Denver, this should be a little quicker because their key additions, really it's John Wall – Nick Batum, they re-signed Nick Batum. But it's really just signing John Wall. And their key loss was Isaiah Hardenstein signed by Chris's Knicks. Okay. But, like, I mean, I just not too much to discuss off-season wise with the Clippers. And their biggest thing is, again, like Denver getting Paul George fully healthy back. Yeah, he played a little bit last season, but hopefully now with an offseason, he's fully healthy. And a certain Kawhi Leonard, the Claw. He's back, and whew, he's, a, he's a beast. We all know that. So, uh, Chris, I'll start with you. Last team, we'll, we'll have you start off for, for our last team. Give your offseason grade thoughts on the Clippers and seeding prediction
1: for the L.A. Clippers. Man. All right. We're just going to go off the jump. This might be a hot take, but I think the Clippers finally get it done, and they win the whole damn thing. Oh. Man. Oh, man. It's a feeling I've had for – for a few weeks and wow I, I, I'm going to go with that if I have to do, go hot takey I'm not a hot takey person but no, I, I know feel you, like <laughs> they, this is going to be the year they get it done I trust Ooh. that Kawhi is a, f- a full year away the knee is, is going to be healthy Paul George fully healthy adding John Wall motivated John Wall who just kind right. got like you know blackball for two and a half years um, I still he think he has game. You know, Zuback is a good player. You know, Covington, you know, guy it because it felt like when he was with the Sixers, he kind of fell off. Right, I like this team a lot. I think they, I think, I think they get it done this year. And I, it's just a feeling I've had. I don't know why, but I just feel like I feel like everything's gonna come. I love Tyloo, absolutely love yeah. Tylo. He is such yeah. a Tyloo. What he's had to deal with. Last especially year, last year to take that team to be an eight, like, that's, like that, that's hard to do. Especially at West. Like I like this team a lot. The tune is solid. You know, uh, he, he kind of got a rejuvenation when he went to the Clippers after just stealing money from Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like I like this team a lot. I think Kawhi is coming back with a, with a vengeance mm-hmm. and, and obviously health. We, like we talk about with Denver. It's all about health. Sure. We know all about, about health. But if we're gonna put health, health health aside, I think they, I think, I think the Clippers gonna get it done this year. That's my hot take. I start off all with a bang. I think the Clippers gonna get I it love done. It. They would the, They, they would a the Like the owners ready. They got the new stadium that that's being built, state of the art. Like I'm thinking about yep. all the positive, Like they got all these good things coming. They're gonna finally get away from the Lakers and being the the, the little the little step brothers at at at, uh, at uh, that's not even Staples no more. It's at Crypto Arena. Yeah,
0: crypto. They're gonna get there.
1: Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna come out with a bang. They're gonna get they're gonna win a championship and 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 uh, and, and go into that new building soon and, and with a banner there. I think they get it done this year, guys. I think they get it done. That's that's my take. And this year, uh, seeding, I think they'll be the top three seed. You know, because they'll yeah. take, obviously they're gonna have their load management. So I don't think they're gonna sure. they care about being the number one seed or all that. They just it's about getting to get the playoffs and finishing it. the 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 sour taste of the bubble because. They could not They should. I had them winning it that year. They should have won the championship that year. That should have been their year. They should have easily won that year. You know, they were the best team in the West. I think that sour taste of that and just like everything going on with injuries and all that. I think Kawhi is motivated. He looks good. He looks good, and we know when he's right. He's a top five player in this league. You know, he's a superstar, and we know Paul George is one of the best players in the league. I know pandemic P. We're gonna keep that in the pad. No pain on the key this year. <laughs> we're gonna get PG13 and we're gonna get the claw, John Wall motivated, Ty Lu at the helm. I think they get it done this year, guys. Championship.
0: Yeah, I, I there's a part of me that hopes you're right just to see what an, what a playoff parade would look like for the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. who is gonna go to that in LA? Is it like I really just want this to happen? Just for the overhead shot of the parade and see how many people are actually there and actually care about the Clippers in LA. Very curious, but uh, anyway, like Trump let's, inauguration. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's gonna be. That just would be like interesting that. to see. But I think <laughs> yeah. they got a nice fan base. I think they got a nice amount of fans. Maybe, uh, maybe because the Lakers just over over you know bloat because they are the team in LA, but I think they got some fans out there. I'll, you know, 15 real, 20 of them. It's like the Nets out here. Uh, it's like the Nets out here. <laughs> like it's a Knicks town, regardless of how bad we are. For sure. Like, like it's, a Knicks it's, still, town. it's it's probably 75-25, or maybe 70-30 out here. Maybe even, yeah. even more. And I think it's probably it may, I don't know about the Lakers Clippers. I'm not I'm maybe you you are from the left coast. So maybe you know yeah. a little bit more about like the, <laughs> like the like the uh the percentages wise, but like for here. Brooklyn, right? it's not even close. Like, it's do- predominant. Like, I have all the teams. We have two teams in every sport. That's the like Yankees, Mets is probably split in the middle. Jets, Giants, probably the same thing, split in the middle. But Knicks, Knicks, Brooklyn is, it's not even close. It's it's definitely yeah. 70% Knicks fans here. Yeah. I, I don't know I, how it is.
0: I think it's 70 in, 30 in LA Pro- too. Um, probably. I, my, my guess is 70 30. And yeah, the Clippers has been a, a, a Along the ride, along on the ride with the Lakers in Staples for a long time. I'm just going to keep calling it Staples Center because I'm. It's just annoying. So they <laughs> they've been in that stadium for a long time. Uh, but the Clippers, as we know, have been so bad for such a long time too. So they were never ever relevant in L. A. ever. Not just in L. A. but in the NBA at just period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when they had Flop City with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, um, yeah, they started to get more popular but they're all a bunch of fairweather fans. And frankly, they're all rich white people. So they're, they're all, they don't know, they don't know basketball. Uh, anyway. So Grant, uh, I'll give, I'll give it to you. <laughs> give your off season grade thoughts on the team. And where do you think they'll be seated next season?
2: Yeah. Um, huge fan of the depth building moves they made during the last season, was obviously didn't happen in the off season. So it's not really gonna affect my offseason grades here um but i was just happy that like steve ballmer is rich enough to say fuck the luxury tax um <laughs> hang on to hang on to everyone right. except except hardenstein which i think is like a fair loss really good really good backup center congrats to the next on getting him um but you know you can understand that one sacrifice that's fine um i gave them a C not really as a negative but just that they didn't do like a whole lot in the offseason most of their stuff came yeah. um, during the season um and getting Kawhi and P- PG back so really they're just in wait and see mode, staying steady, um, seeing what they have. And I, I've heard a lot of people calling them the favorites um going into the season. I'm more in like wait and see mode with them as well. I think um as talented as they are, I just want to see these guys stay healthy, be on the floor together for a while, see how all this talent meshes before I go like proclaiming the favorites. I think they're maybe the most talented roster in in the NBA right now. Um, but I just, I just want to see how it all works before I go and play in the favorites. That being said, their talent and depth is really hard to ignore. And the West, while very deep up, especially up at the top, it, there's not really any like juggernauts or anything. So I felt like second mm-hmm. second seed was appropriate for them. I gave them second. Um, I think, yeah, they, they could end up being a little bit lower because like you said, Chris, they won't care that much about the, the regular season, um, but they're going to stay within that top three range probably just just on talent alone. Uh, but we're to see we'll see if they can stay healthy a whole season um in order to make it all the way but um I just I just want to wait and see what they got
0: yeah i mean i i agree I agree personally Chris go ahead sorry if i cut you off
1: no no I, and i I understand that one hundred percent as far as like the grades and all that because they didn't really do that much you know they just extended a few guys and their moves are they get a George back healthy, and then We'll missed the whole year, so that that they didn't really need to make moves. Those were their moves, getting those two guys back. Then that's huge. And I don't necessarily think they're for the favorite. I just think, I think at the end of the day, that I think
2: you should have a gut I feeling. So I, this is I just
1: it, it, it's been my I don't know how it's just a feeling I've had. Like every yeah. day I wake up, I'm like, I think about <laughs> the NBA all the time. So I'm like, who's gonna win it? I'm like, I don't know why, but I feel I'm feeling clippery. I'm feeling like the Clippers are finally get it. I'm feeling very clippery. Like I'm thinking about, like, you know, we all think about. I think about the NBA all the time. Like, why are you yeah, ranking you know, like all this. I'm like, at the end, like who's gonna who's gonna win it? I'm like, I just got this feeling about the Clippers. I could be wrong. I could be really wrong because they've they've shown it that they haven't got it done, and yep. they have shown they haven't been healthy, especially Kawhi and all that. But I, I feel like they they have the pieces to do it, and I, I trust Ty Lue. Um, he's a tremendous coach. He's one of the best coaches in the league. He I feel is. Like he's, he's so yeah. underrated. And what yeah. he's shown, you know, um, you know, with this team without, you know, with all the injuries, he's done a, a hell of a job. But I, I just really like this team. And the West is very top-heavy, I feel like. like. And we still got teams like Memphis. We still got to see, you know, how Jod ja, – you know, now Jod's like the focal point. Like Everyone's coming for Jod. Ja, you know, and Jod's talking. And, yeah. You know, and you know, and that's that's there's gonna be more eyeballs on Memphis because of Josh talking and all that, right? And what about the Warriors? Is, is this fine? Listen, I counted the Warriors out last year. I thought it was it, it was over, so that's it, it. Yeah, they proved me wrong. It couldn't, you know, but see how they are, you know. See how because they've been through the rain, man. They but every year they're playing hundred games and going into the playoffs, deep playoff runs. Absolutely. You know, how how do they, how do they young guys progress? Because they need those young guys the Wiseman's, you know, Kaminga's, the Moody's, you know, does how, Poole come back, you know, contract um, year and all that. Like, how do these guys progress? They need those guys to step up, you know, uh, and the Lakers. We don't know what the hell the Lakers are. <laughs> yeah. What are the Lakers? You know, so yeah. there's a lot of que- – I feel like there's more question marks out west than there is out east, you know. So that's why I'm like – I feel like the Clippers are kind of under the radar. No one's talking them, And I feel like – it's going to, they're going to, they're going to click. Kawhi's going to get them to go in PG and John Wall motivated. That's why I like them a lot this year. And, and I think they get it done, but you know what? Uh, it's going to be, I can't wait guys. I, I can't wait for the back season. It season. It's, it's around the block too. It feels like it just ended. We just saw the Warriors, know. you know, hold the trophy and all that. But man, I, I, I really can't wait. Cause like we talked about early in the show, parody guys. It's usually like, okay, we got, we got Cleveland. And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Toronto, maybe. And then not West is like, all right, the Warriors. And then whoever, like, it doesn't really matter. It's the Warriors. Now it's like, you know, we got multiple teams out East. Can Boston come back? Philly, you know, Toronto. Like, we got so many. Th- and then out West, like, out West. Miami like Mo. Four, five. <laughs> Miami Mo. Yeah, we got Miami. I forgot about Miami. We got Miami and all that. Like, you know, Milwaukee. You know Chicago, Brooklyn, like yeah, <laughs> Brooklyn can if if that's the ultimate chemistry. Like you know, I was talking about chemistry before with the with Atlanta, chemistry with Brooklyn. Like the you know they can go back to being the seventeen or they could be the number one seed and win sixty five games and win yeah. the championship and lose two games in the playoffs. Like that's their seal. Yep. Like they could just dominate yep. and run through everyone, or they lose. Get swept in the first round or or in the play Like that's they have the widest range, you know. So like, does that and like can John ja, can ja carry Memphis? Phoenix can Phoenix come back after the dismantling? <laughs> like this is why this game is the greatest. The is game no. in the world. It's the greatest game in the world because there's the storylines everywhere, everywhere. There's so many storylines, and it just want, can Denver can they do it? You know the Pelicans, the up and coming team. Can Zion healthy? Can he? Man, I can't wait, guys! I can't wait.
0: Yeah, I feel like I should just close from that. Like that's it. Like that is the.
1: That's, <laughs> I'm excited, guys! Sum, I'm no, just excited. That sums it
0: up. I'm, I'm excited. With you, man. It I'm, is. We're pumped too, dog. Like this, it sums it up. Like this season is going to be so much fun. That's I'm excited to keep talking about so many teams to do this this series for the podcast because there's so many interesting teams to, to, to discuss. Uh, it's it just, yeah, I I, I don't think that could have been summed up any better it's just so much parity, top to bottom both conferences next season is going to be absolutely incredible yeah. uh i'll briefly give my thoughts on the clippers um yeah i i think they'll finish top three in the west as well uh it's hard it's they're probably finished i think they finished second i think they're better than golden state if healthy so i'll have them finishing second in the western conference uh and again it's just like denver they have to stay healthy if they do a Denver Clippers Western Conference final will be incredible. That would be mm-hmm. so much fun to watch. And oh, that'd be so much fun to watch in the Western Conference final. And to see who goes to the NBA final. Oh man, that would be so, so interesting. So engaging and fun to watch. And I think that, I mean, that is my prediction for the Western Conference final. Barring health, if they both, both teams stay healthy. Um, so yeah, the Clippers teams will be fun. But basically to wrap up this episode. If we can just clip what Chris said and put it here and just like play have it play twice, (laughs) like that would (laughs) basically the wrap up of the episode. There's there's so much parody, there's so many interesting teams. So I'm excited to kick off this series of our 15 most interesting teams of the of the NBA season. Grant, do you have any parting thoughts before I fully wrap up?
2: Yeah, just to cover off on that, as a as a fan. Uh, that parody is a lot of fun as a podcaster. It makes these speculative podcasts very hard because we were just talking out yeah. of ass. like no idea what's going to happen. No idea. <laughs> um, like <laughs> no. anything could happen. Like the, the team that we finished, that we, that we the team that we picked like to finish first could be like good, but not great and finished like eighth basically. Yeah. Um, so like anything could happen. So um, as a podcaster, it's a hard, but as a fan, um, this is, this is great for the league. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Even the bad teams. Even the bad teams are interesting. Even the bad teams, <laughs> man. Even yeah. the bad teams are interesting. Houston's yeah. interesting, you know? The Kings yeah. are yeah. interesting, finally. Like, this – even, like, you know, Orlando, the Pistons. Like, it's – man, it's going to be a great season. And there's teams where, where we're not even thinking about, like, can beat Cleveland. Who's going to be the Cleveland Cavaliers this year? There might be that team we're not even thinking about. So, it's, yeah. just, it, it's a great yeah. time, and I can't wait. I can't wait for the league to start.
0: I, I agree, man. I can't we all can't wait for the league to start. Uh and Chris, thank you so much, man, for joining us on the podcast. It it's it was an absolute pleasure. And we definitely will have you on again soon. Uh Chris, give your plug to the people where they can find you. Tell them about your podcast. And the floor is yours before before you close
1: out. Yes, yeah. First of all, thank you guys for having me on the pod. This is this is a lot of fun. You guys are killing it. You know francis you know uh ever since you joined the network you've been, uh, been an absolute joy you've been doing great work so uh, i really really uh you know i made sure i built my daughter's uh you know dollhouse right before the show started i had to get that done so just <laughs> so i can get just so i can get on the pod and, and talk ball because whenever i get talk ball it, it's always it's always fun so uh but yeah you can follow me at off the ball pod on on instagram twitter Facebook, you can follow um, those where I'm most active, especially on Twitter, off the ball pod. You can follow the network I run, off the ball network, doing a lot of great things. Um, except Francis is a part of it. You know, uh, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, OTB underscore network, off the follow us uh, on there, follow uh, follow us on YouTube, off the ball network. You know, we're trying to get the you know, likes, subscribe, all that, you know. Um, and like I said, I got a project I'm coming. I haven't done a pod in a little bit because I've been so busy. You know, just, just just trying to you know improve the network and all that. But I do. I'm gonna drop uh, a pod in the next week or two about Sebastian Telfair and about Ooh. his high school his high school basketball career. Not nice. anything happening the pros or anything after that. Bringing a positive light because I'm from New York City. He he. They did. You guys probably watched the point guard doc. He wasn't featured in it, and that kind of bothered me. So that kind of is like yeah. an inspiration of of why. I want to do this. And kind of like the forgotten point guy, because to me, you know, I was in high school when he was in high school and he was, he played my school in high school and he, he, he gave us the bucket. So, and he was <laughs> probably, he was probably my favorite player to watch during high school because he's, he's in my backyard and, and he was special. He, he was the all time. He was. He one time by the time he left high school, he was special. I mean, he, he went to camp with, with LeBron James who won as a freshman, the MVP. He is a special player. His high school career is legendary, and I'm just going to bring the light of that because I feel like people have forgotten to think about his pro career. Oh, he was a bust and he got arrested. I'm not bringing any of that. We're not talking about any of that. I'm talking about his high school career and how great he was at Lincoln High School. Bring up all the stuff he did at state and state championships, state champ, four, you know, three PCL championships. bringing all that, you know, um, and all to this pod. Uh, so I'm really excited about dropping that in the next week or two. Um, I got a little sneak, sneak, a uh, little sneak preview on on the YouTube, so you want to check that out. Here's some stats and, and a little bit of footage, but uh, gonna drop that next week or two. So just follow me on Off the Ball Pod and uh, and for more you know information on that. But I'm excited about dropping that um, in the next week or two.
0: Hell yeah, that is that's awesome, dude. Uh, so the best player you faced in high school was Sebastian
1: Telfair. Is that fair to say? So I didn't play against. I was on. I was a freshman. So he went. Okay. They were playing the varsity. I was on the freshman, and I couldn't go to the game because our coaches suck, and they wouldn't really let like, oh, Damn, we had we had practice. Damn, I that was like, sucks. We we were bad. We were bad. We were bad. We were not good <laughs> on the JV. Like we were like we probably had like three wins. We were like three in like fifteen. We were bad. But I was like, I don't yeah. care. I want to go see Bassie play. Like, we want, everybody wanted to go see him play. And I think they were playing uh, the game in Brooklyn. Because uh, it was the first round of the playoffs. So I think it was a home game. I think they had uh like before they go to like the, the garden. I think the final four is at the garden. So the beginning games yeah. are at the home the the higher seeds home home gym. And I was like, we I wanna go. I don't care if we got to 18 buses. I want to go to this game because it's 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 gonna be crazy. And we couldn't go to the game, blah blah blah, <laughs> Um Still hold a grudge against him because I want to see him play. But I know, I know other students that went, and it was it was just an cr- electric atmosphere, and he yeah. was just an electric player. I mean, guys, Jay Z, you can name Fat Joe, everyone who was a thing in hip hop, and they were there for the, every game, all those games. He was truly a superstar in New York, and I just just sharing the light on his amazing high school basketball career. And I'm going to probably do more of these because I, I find myself learning more that I didn't know about Sebastian Telford. And I think this is something I'm going to do more uncovering, you know, great high school players, you know, that maybe didn't pan out in the pros, but just shedding light on how good they were as high school players and how, yeah. you know, phenoms they were. So I think there's going to be something I'm going to start doing more because I, I, I really enjoy doing this, just researching it and finding more information. So I'm really excited yeah. about this one.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's that's really fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure Grant is as well. Uh, so again, thank you, Chris, for joining the podcast. Grant, thank you for coming on, man. Always happy to see you, talk to you, and to all the listeners to the, to the Up and Under podcast. Be sure to rate the podcast, give us five stars, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and until next time, everybody, peace.
2: Blue days, hot tops, with my blue face. Ice pops. I'ma make a shoot lace. Necklace. Yeah, we whippin' pops. So Lexus. And I'm skipping school days. Mic drops. Eyes on summer like cyclops.
1: Yeah, we fallin' off the
2: sidewalk. Mama, what's a heart?